Welcome back to The Part-Timer with me, Nathan Johns. Today, we're going to talk all things the Fair Break Invitational, the brand new women's franchise tournament that's taking place over in Dubai. There are, of course, three Irish players who will be involved, current internationals Celeste Rack and Gabby Lewis, and not to mention Kim Garth, who has been plying her trade over in Australia, as we all know. I was lucky to speak to all three of them at various different stages before the first game, which takes place on Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this. First up, I managed to get to chat to Celeste Rack, who has actually played with Fairbreak before. Fairbreak are, of course, a group of private investors that are looking to pump a lot of cash into the women's game and make it more accessible for people across all the cricket-playing nations, not just the main ones. I challenged Celeste about the structure of the tournament, its goals and aspirations and how it aims to promote the game, and, of course, what she's looking to get out of the tournament. So tell me, tell me about, about the your previous involvement with with Fairbreak. You've said you've been involved in tours, so the tours sounds very different from what this is an actual an actual franchise competition. Most definitely. So this was their aspiration from kind of the start of their planning phase, which was oh, almost a decade ago, from what I've been told. Um, but the tours were more a way to gather some momentum, get some sponsorship, uh, meet some players, and um, and get the ball rolling. You know, as they aspired to do something bigger. Um, like this so um, the first tour that I was on was in London we played against an MCC Invitational we played on Wormsley we played um, against an Oxford team and just various Invitational sides Um, and then the one in Sydney the year after was at um, Bradman Oval and we played against a few Sydney teams that had kind of brought themselves together uh, to play us but essentially um, over time it was just those tours were yeah, to gather some sponsorship, um, get get some ideas, um, meet some players, and you know, um, the the organisers of the whole um, of the whole group were you know, trying to get players to gather some momentum as well in their own in their own countries and among their friends. So, um, yeah, it's it's moved on a lot in the last two years, that's for sure. How did you come? In, how did you become involved? Who who approached you? So Laura Delaney, our Irish captain, was supposed to be going on the first tour um, and she got injured. So she kind of asked if I wanted to take a place and I did. Um, and then since then, I've kind of been involved, um, yeah, as a result of that. And then, I mean, you talk about how much it's come on. What's the what's the standard player gone up from? Because, I mean, you look at some of the teams here. I mean, your own team, the Warriors, you've got Hayley Matthews, Georgia Redmayne, Mignon Dupree. Like there's some... Um, you know, and then not to mention like Heather Knights and one of the other teams as well. And, yeah. you know, the, the, it seems like they've really pumped some money into trying to get some absolute superstars over here. I'm assuming it wasn't quite the case like that a few, the, the first few times, was it? Not necessarily. There was always um, like Susie Bates was always involved. Alex okay. Blackwell, who's not here at the moment, was involved. Um, Sana Mir was, um, you know, Pakistan. She was ODI bowler in uh, bowler, number one bowler in the world at the time was involved. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some some other people who were yeah who who were quite um, you know of that level and then um, because there were only 11 players it was it, you know it, it was those guys and then it filtered towards a few Hong Kong players um, Hong Kong cricket have had a huge um, involvement in Fairbreak since the start one of the main investors is um, is involved with cricket Hong Kong so they've got a big link. Um, and then, yeah, it was it was kind of pretty broad um, as to where people were from and their level of experience. But I suppose it's still got that feeling in the tournament at the moment where you've got every team will have maybe four players that are top four in the world, from the top four countries in the world. And then there's there's a middle group, which I feel a part of, you know, um, the, the lower ranked um, full member nations and the higher ranked associate nations. And then there's a group of players who might not have played much cricket on turf before might be in, you know, we've got a girl from Argentina in our team. We've got a um, girl from the Philippines. Um, so it still has that feeling of that ratio as it did when we were on those smaller tours where you'd have, you know, three or four playing in that higher level and then a few in the middle and then some from the, from some from real associate nations. Yeah. That's something I wanted to ask you about. Cause it's like, it's one of the other really unique aspects of this competition. And I, I'm assuming it's deliberate on the part of the organizers is that they really try and, you know, if they've got the, the big top four nations to kind of, maybe you know sell it a bit they you know and then there's there's like you said there's the irish you know so-called middle tier i think you know um and then yeah i saw some really obscure countries you mentioned argentina i've seen yeah. like bhutan i've seen germany i mean it, it, it's yeah. you don't really get that in other franchise leagues where you know on one hand you're kind of you're learning from the from the guys who play week in week out who are i mean you're, you're now a full-time pro obviously but who have been full-time pros for 
for years whereas on the other hand you're also you're also kind of like a mentor role as well potentially to some of those some of those people from smaller nations that's that's a really nice dynamic i, I don't know of any other leagues that, that kind of that kind of structure it like that no it's definitely um the first and that was their whole ethos from the start it was more about giving players that might not have the opportunity that you know i had growing up in australia and a few other a few people that you know grew up in the uk and everything where cricket is accessible and where we can and obtain financial contracts for cricket um so the idea was to give them exposure to that and give them opportunities um and that was you know what they were trying to stand for from day one so i suppose the way the tournaments ended up um has given those people kind of that balance like you said where you're able to access some tv deals and some sponsorship by having some of the best players from certain countries involved but then also give those younger not so much younger but less experienced players um from from those nations like sweden and um yeah and, and austria um a chance to play in 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 this environment yeah of course and t- tell me if i'm drawing links that don't really work here but it almost seems like a nice comparison to the fact that when you go back and play in the super series now you know you're one of those you know one of the players on those new deals and um, you're gonna be playing with a lot of players who aren't and a lot of you know people who are on maybe on the, the educational deals and then some players who aren't on any and are just you know they're just there to try and um, force their way into that you're kind of going from one mentorship role into another so to speak so that must be quite nice yeah definitely um and the super series going back to three teams this year um does have that sort of feel about it again where younger players you know might be 16 years old 17 years old um have a chance to play with the likes of gabby and um richo if she comes over and you know players that have that have been playing cricket for a long time yeah of course um and i know I, we Ed Joyce did a, did a press conference the other day and he kind of said, yeah, we, we encourage you guys to go out and do these franchise opportunities. He said, you know, in an ideal world, you don't miss Super Series cricket. But I mean, well, first of all, the, I think the first game you missed was a washout last week. So you didn't, you didn't miss anything. But presumably when these types of opportunities come up, it's, it's, it's very hard to say no, um, even with the Super Series. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think personally, um, I've, I've wanted, I, I was saying the more Irish players that are involved in this, the better um, for for our cricket. I mean, I think all Prendergast is one of the best, we can be one of the best players in the world. And, you know, if, we, if, if Irish players can play well at this, hopefully that opens, you know, more awareness of, of what Cricket Ireland are doing, um, how much Irish cricket's coming on and, and players like her will get a chance to show, you know, because she's 10 times the player I am to show what they can do, you know, in, a, in an environment like this. So, Hopefully, you know, the more Irish players involved, the more Irish cricket gets seen and, um, yeah, more spots next time will be open to people who can go and do bigger and better things. Yeah, I love the way you mentioned Orla because I think the fact that, that that Zimbabwe qualifier ended in the madness that it did and you guys kind of scrambling around the world to get home, I think that kind of distracted from the fact just, just how well she bowled in the couple of games you got out there. So, I mean, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned her. Looking forward to seeing how her and how everyone else gets on. But, I mean, in terms of you and your, your tournament, your first game is tonight, I understand. Your uh, Warriors, who are you playing? The Sapphires, is that right? We're playing the Falcons. The Falcons. Um, they're probably one of the um, one of the more stacked teams in terms of their internationals. Uh, you know what it's like in 2020 cricket, anything can happen. All it takes is someone to, to go off. Yeah, I think we've got a bit of a challenge um, ahead and um, it's been hard to put it to see what our best 11 is with two days of training together and things like that. But um, I've been really pleasantly surprised by some of the players that I hadn't seen before um in our team and um i'm hoping that you know that surprise element will be will be beneficial to us because a lot of us have played against each other whether it's in you know, t20 leagues around the world or whether it's an in international cricket so some of these players people haven't seen might provide a bit of a surprise yeah no i guess well, that's kind of the whole point of the competition isn't it especially for those um those smaller countries talk to me about that prep you've only had two training sessions it seems bizarre for a massive competition to only have that but i guess it's, it's, that's pretty common actually with with franchise cricket isn't it to kind of it gets thrown, you all come together quite quickly yeah that's it we had sorry two two training sessions and then a fielding session under lights first night which was pretty relaxed um yeah i suppose that's that's all we can really do without overdoing things um when we've just come together four or five days before the tournament so i think we've we've prepared the best we can um and yeah it'll be interesting to see how we get on yeah, no, I think everyone's everyone's looking forward to it, and it's uh, it'll be on free sports for anyone who's uh, who's listening to it, um, who wants to watch it. It must be fascinating for you, for your point of view. I mean, quite a few Aussies coming over here, obviously with the, with your Aussie connection, and then you're playing them later on in the summer. Do you get to interact with any of the other squads, or is it all is it all quite tight and quite bubbled up? We're all in the same hotel, and where we've been, this is the first tournament in a very long time where we give it with since COVID, where we've got the freedom to kind of do what we want whenever we want. So. 
Um, I've been spending quite a bit of time with some friends that I grew up with that I hadn't seen for a while, like Georgia Redmayne and I grew up together. Um, we're in the same team again, which is lovely. Um, so it's been nice to be able to spend some time with people that you, you might not necessarily get to see too often with some more freedoms than what we've been been allowed recently. Yeah, no, I know. I know it's, 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 you've heard some horror stories about it all. That's for sure. Um, and then the games, where are you playing? What, what grounds are you playing on? So it's the Dubai International Stadium is where all of them are, which is their main Sweet. their main ground. Um, so all of the games are there. So it's it's nice to you know, when we play um, qualifier tournaments and stuff. You'll be looking, and one one pitch will be amazing, and then you'll be if you're on the fourth one, ball could roll or pop at your head. Whereas at least there's a bit of um, it's it's bit it's an even playing field there, quite literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I, well, I suppose yeah, if you if you shoot through low with your leggies, you're not you're not too you're not too complaining too much about that when you're bowling. <laughs> That's exactly it. As long as they don't stop like some of the Irish wickets do. <laughs> yeah, and talk talk to me. I mean, about the bowling. I mean, what are you what are you looking to get out of this? What is there anything specific you're working on in terms of T twenty skills? I mean, you strike me as a bowler who, you know, you love getting it up and giving a massive rip and, and giving it plenty of flight. Um, is that how you how you look to bowl in T twenty cricket? Not necessarily. Like, I think it's all conditions based for me. So I've struggled a little bit with Irish conditions, and um, yeah, it's been a big change really. So I'm actually pretty excited to play on some faster. Yeah. quicker and flatter wickets um i used to bowl a bit flatter and a bit quicker through the air and try and kind of slide the ball on a little bit more so it'll be interesting to see whether that's something that i can do on these wickets a little bit more um gives you a bit more freedom with what you can bowl um i'm, ho- I'm hoping they turn but you know you can't really you can't really bank on that i suppose in these sort of conditions so i might have to adapt it'll be um i think all will be revealed after tonight when we see what the wickets are like but I was encouraged by the practice pitches. They were they were doing a little bit, but they still allowed the ball to skid on through a bit, which I like a lot. Yeah, nice. And then what do you? I mean, different leg spinners can have different roles in T Twenty sides. What 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 type of what type of role do you see? I mean, some some like some team captains like to try and get their leggies in the power play, you know, take a risk, or even at the death. Where where do you see yourself kind of slotting in? It'd be interesting to see. Um, I've, our coach Julia Price, I've played under for five years back in Australia, so she knows me quite well. Uh, whether that's for better or for worse <laughs> in terms of getting more opportunity. Um, no, she's a fantastic coach. Um, and I think like for her, I've bowled in the power play a little bit in the past. Um, but yeah, I, I typically bowl in the middle a bit more. So I'm hoping at some point I get thrown the ball in the first six, but if not, I'm more than happy in the middle. Some really fascinating stuff there from Celeste, especially how she's actually had to had to change what she does with her with her leg spin since coming to Ireland because of the conditions. Fingers crossed now as she and the other Irish players are on better contracts and get better fixtures. We get to see her actually bowling more and more in different conditions and in different styles as well. Next up, Cricket Ireland actually had a media day last week and Gabby Lewis was at that, so I managed to get to speak to Gabby in person. The first time I've interviewed somebody in person for this podcast show. This, of course, is the third tournament that Gabby has taken part in outside of Ireland in recent years, alongside the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy and the 100 in England. She will be playing on the Sapphires alongside Kim Garth. When did you first hear about Fairbreak? Um, oh gosh, that's a very good question. Um, I kind of knew Racky was obviously has been involved and um, sorry that's Celeste Rack has been involved kind of over the last few years and kind of I knew she was into it so I kind of dipped my neck in there um, and it was kind of in Zimbabwe where it all came together Um, obviously I was chatting to some of the other girls from the other teams um, who were involved in it as well Um, it was kind of touch and go whether it was going to be on or not um, and then once it got moved to, to Dubai it was all systems go so yeah look I'm really looking forward to the next two weeks it's been really hard to see like I think they've only announced half the team so far yeah who, do you know who, who you're playing yeah, for who are your teammates um, so I think I'm playing for the Sapphires okay um, so from what I know I know Kim Garth is on my team which is very exciting Fantastic. to take the field with her again um, and look just catching up with her as well I obviously haven't seen her in like over two years so look I'm really looking forward to see, to playing with her and um, I think we've got uh, Ishmael on my team as well which okay, is exciting yeah. Um, hopefully get you, get used to. Did you face her in the hundred? So I faced her in the hundred. Yes, did in I did. Yes, I yeah. did the final. So, um, obviously, kind of getting to know her as well and facing her in the nets and stuff to for preparation for South Africa series um in June. So that's exciting. As yeah, well. of course. That's like the other big thing about these tournaments is yeah, you're, exactly. you're playing against these guys for Ireland. Now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, I guess just meeting new players. It's obviously like I think there's players from thirty five countries, so that's hugely exciting. Um, and not just for me, for all the other kind of associate nations as well. Um, to kind of learn off each other and yeah I guess just meet new people 
it's funny we mentioned Ishmael. We just did a press conference with Ed, and she was one of the players that Ed mentioned in terms of being one of the quicker bowlers in the world that maybe Irish players don't face as much yes, of. Yes, one hundred percent. How yeah. valuable is it going to be then? You face against that caliber, and you know, you know, facing pace is difficult. Exactly, exactly. And obviously, the teams kind of look. If you look at the teams coming over, like the likes of Australia and South Africa, they do have that extra that extra threat of pace and bounce. Um, so that's something that we've kind of been practicing. The more like the short ball and kind of getting uh, our preparations in with that. Um, but look, it's nothing that we we kind of haven't face before it's kind of just get learning to face that on a consistent basis um so yeah look we've done a lot of preparation and yeah really confident in in how we're going to come out this summer in that preparation side of things what's it been like for you since you've signed a an ed- education deal I yes it is? yes it's been brilliant um i guess just having like to kind of solely focus your your time on cricket outside of college um and especially for the girls kind of on full time not having to put in those 12 hour days outside cricket hours because obviously you've got gym in the morning and then you go to work and then you're training in the evening like obviously just the training that we are doing kind of getting more out of it because you're not tired you're not kind of thinking about work you're not thinking about other things it's just your self-focus um which will hopefully stick to us this summer laura said this fair break it's something that you apply for yes How i think there is work? so there is there was an apply for and then they can kind of contact you as okay. well um so i think raki got in touch uh, about me so i got contacted um, I actually don't know how other people got contacted. Okay. I don't know how it works, but I think what uh there was a kind of a link that you could apply for as well. Um, but yeah, look, hopefully it it'll be a thing that'll stick for mm-hmm. the next few years because it is a great. Hopefully it will be a great success. Um, by the looks of it, it will. So fingers crossed. Um, and yeah, look, I really look forward to it. That's another one on the list for you. So yeah. Rachel Hayho, hundred. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, there's talk of. You know, IPL, women's IPL see, stuff yeah. coming in. I mean, there's talk of Bangla as well. And, mm. you know, these things, they're, they're always there in the back of your mind. Exactly, yeah. No, 100%. Obviously, my main priority is international cricket. But look, if I can more cricket I play, the better. Um, and against the better opposition. Um, and look, women's cricket's only on the up. So it's I'm really looking forward to the next few years of what's going to happen. And uh, you lost your notes on the way home from Zimbabwe. Did you ever get I them back? I did get them back. I got them back the morning of my exam. So there was a quick <laughs> few hours of uh, cramming um, going on. But look, no, I had to rewrite uh, a good load of them. But look, to get them back just before was, was the cherry on top. <laughs> and then finally, I did get to chat to Kim as well last week before she travelled out to Dubai. Kim is playing alongside Gabby in this tournament, as we mentioned, and she's in pretty good nick. As you'll shortly hear, she was the player of the year for the Melbourne Stars during the most recent version of the Women's Big Bash League. Something which shows that when she made that decision to go out to Australia for that full-time contract a number of years ago now, when it wasn't available at home, well, it's all paying off now in the end, isn't it? But of course, she brought that up, and she brought up the benefits of greater playing opportunities and full-time contracts, and I couldn't not ask her about the prospects of coming home now that such contracts exist for Irish players. Okay, so Kim Garth, uh, Melbourne Stars WBBL Player of the Year. How you doing? That must be a quite a nice little nice little moniker to your name after a good season down under. Um, good, thank you, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's it's uh, It was certainly a nice surprise and... Um, yeah, yeah, as I said, like I wasn't really um expecting it, but um yeah, look, I'm I'm reasonably happy with, with how I went this season, probably tapered off at the back end a little bit, but um overall um I am pretty happy and um yeah, I'm loving it down there, so all good. Yeah, I mean it's been quite a while actually since the campaign. So I mean it's probably worth going back and looking through some I was just looking through some old scorecards there. I mean, there was one game that stands out against the Thunder. Uh, three for eleven with three maidens. So I mean, off four overs. So I mean, that, that fourth over must have been, like you know, that ruined your figures. So, like one over went for eleven runs. I mean, so there was a lot of performances like that. I mean, when you look back at it now, I know you say you taper off, but it's it must be quite hard to look back at it and not think, yeah, okay, like you were you were in good nick and good rhythm on both sides of the ball already because there was a couple of decent scores in there as well as as figures. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, as I said, like I was. I was pretty happy, and if, if you, I suppose, had told me that I was going to do that before the start of the year, I definitely would have taken it. Um, I think the with the bat, uh, I was really happy with the opportunity that I got. They kind of told me I was going to be batting five at the start of the season, and I, I kind of second-guessed myself a little bit and um, had a chat to Meg Lanning the, a couple of days before the first game, and I said, look, I'm, I'm, I remember I was in the nets, and I was feeling so badly, and I was like, I'm really not sure about this. And she was like, no, look, we think you belong there, and... Um, 
quite innovative and, and play differently to a lot of our middle order. So uh, we want you in there. And that, that in itself was a big confidence boost. And then I guess it's just really about kind of if you start these tournaments well, um, it's it's a lot easier as opposed to trying to, if you, if you start badly and then feel like, especially as an overseas, there's a lot of pressure. You feel like a lot of pressure because there's obviously only three overseas spots. So um, you're kind of always under, under pressure to perform. But um, as I said, if you start well, um, it's a lot easier to get on a roll. So luckily I had a couple of handy contributions at the start and kind of just managed to keep it going from there, which was really nice. So you're still overseas. So, I mean, I know you did an interview a couple of years ago where you were talking about Cricket Ireland issuing a certificate of no objection and, and kind of getting local status. Is, is, that, is that gone through? Are you still waiting on that? Um, so I actually got permanent residency there um, probably about five or six months ago now. So um, from this season, I am now a local, which is really exciting. So, um, you know, I can sign, you know, my contracts as a local player. So I'll be a local player um, this upcoming Big Bash um, and from now on, which um, I guess was the whole kind of reason why I moved uh, to Australia. And, um, just to be able to kind of almost not guarantee myself, but make it a lot easier for myself to to get those contracts and um yeah just make a living i suppose which i couldn't do at the time so yeah no i mean obviously you know things must be going right if you're getting these gigs as an overseas anyway so you I mean you know you put two and two together and like you said it gets even easier i mean do you watch do you watch the world cup and do you watch that aussie side and you know does is, is that in the back of your mind are you looking at that thinking you'd be really nice to be involved in something like that or is that something that maybe is a little bit further down the line for you uh, yeah, I think it is probably a bit further down the line at the moment. I'm kind of just um, trying to just continue to perform um, well domestically. I was pretty happy with how I went in the Big Bash, but then probably didn't contribute as much as I would have liked for Victoria. So um, obviously it's always nice to think about those things and, and um, that kind of thing. But um, I think it's it's definitely a lot further down the line for me. And if... Um, Obviously, if the, if the opportunity came around, it's not something I'd turn down, but uh, I think I've got a lot more performances to put in domestically before we even start thinking about that. So, um, yeah. As I speak to you, you're, you're getting ready to travel to um, to Dubai. You're going on this, this fair break international. I mean, it's something that it's, 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 I think it's gone under the radar a little bit. Not a lot of people realised it was, especially over here, realised it was going on until all of a sudden we heard there was some Irish involvement. Um, I was chatting to Gabby there the other day and I understand the pair of you are going to be playing on the same team at this. Yeah, yeah, we are. It's actually really exciting. I obviously haven't played on the same team as Gabs in a couple of years now. Um, it was the end of 2019. So, um, and that's really exciting. And, and the whole tournament itself is actually really exciting. We'll have some really, really big names playing, you know, the likes of Heather Knight, um, Marazine Cap. I'm playing on the same team as obviously Gabby. We've got Elise Villani on our team. We've got uh, Shabnam Ismail. We've got Grace Harris. Um, so there's, there's a lot of big names and um, it's actually a really exciting tournament. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the whole thing runs actually and it's going to be a bit different but um, it's, it is, it's a very exciting concept I guess. Yeah I guess you know Elise well from, um, from the stars. Uh, what, what's your understanding of like the, the, con- the format of the tournament and the concept because it's as far as I can see it's, it's not run by like a, a, a board like a, an international board or anything it's just somebody with some private backing has just gone right let's just let's just go into a franchise tournament and get players from everywhere. I mean, there's like players from like Bhutan playing and some other countries yeah. that you, you don't realise have, have teams. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's both ends of the spectrum in terms of experience internationals and other players getting in. So um, where do you see yourself in that? I guess, you know, you, you know, you're playing, playing franchise cricket, playing WWBL, you're probably down the more experience at the end of that. Um, yeah, I suppose I probably, I probably played a lot of cricket at this stage. Um, um so yeah it is it's kind of a weird one I guess in that kind of every team has maybe four five six more recognized players and then um every team also has players from kind of more developed developing nations I guess in the in the cricket circle which is really exciting um Fairbreak's goal is to just give everyone kind of equal opportunity um which is um very exciting um because i suppose when i was playing for ireland and, and the whole reason i moved away from ireland is because i couldn't play cricket for a living and um yeah i, I guess for him to have a tournament like this and it enables you know players from the developing nations to to showcase what what they can do and, and give them opportunity to um yeah ex- expose themselves i guess um is 
is really exciting and it only takes I guess one one kind of someone to see someone or someone to see something in someone um for, for you know word of mouth and, and cricket travels very fast and um tournaments like these really help players from I guess uh, the associate and the developing cricket countries um which is, is is very much needed so yeah it is it's really exciting my understanding of it is that some players got contacted and got asked to come over whereas like i've seen on the website there's a there's an option to like send in footage so i think you know some players applied to play almost um how did it work out for you i'm assuming somebody would have seen you over in australia and, and gave you a tap on the shoulder yeah um the, the founder or the, the guy who it was set up for a break. Um, just got in contact with me and about six months ago and said, look, is this something you'd be interested in? And um, having read more about it, it's pretty much, I had heard a bit, I suppose. Um, I think Celeste Rack is also coming over from Ireland and she had um, played a couple of kind of invitational games for fair break. And, um, you know, so I kind of had a, a, a vague idea of what it was about. So um, having read a bit more and um, kind of, yeah, reading about the tournament, um, I had no hesitation to, to kind of jump on board. It was initially meant to be in um, Hong Kong, uh, and then I think obviously COVID um, um, put a halt to that. But uh, it's really exciting, obviously, in Dubai now. So um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting two weeks, I think. I guess one more thing I wanted to quickly ask you about you talked about you know, going over to Australia. Um, you wanted to go over to get more opportunities and get contracts, etc. I mean, when you when you heard the news that your your old teammates were finally getting some some better deals and some full time deals, I mean, you must. What was your reaction? I guess when you when you saw that, um, I'm presuming you were quite happy for some of your old friends. Yeah, absolutely. Just like pure excitement. I know um, it's, it's been a long time coming, and um, yeah, like just over the moon for the girls. Um, I suppose, especially obviously over the moon for everyone, but especially those girls who've have been in the the system for quite a while and. Um, I've been waiting for it, I guess, for for a long time. So it is really exciting, and um, especially now that they're in that um, the the championship cycle and they're and they're guaranteed fixture, which I think was a big thing for a lot of them as well. Um, you know, it is it's hard playing, supposedly <laughs> international cricket, and then um, not playing any of the top teams, and then expecting to to perform at World Cups every two or three years. It's 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 a very difficult thing um, for the girls to do, but now that these contracts are in place and um, they've got guaranteed fixtures, it's a really really exciting time. So I'm absolutely thrilled for them, um, and I like I can't wait to see how they get on. I think they're playing South Africa in June here, um, which I'm really looking forward to to going down and, and supporting the girls and um, yeah, see how they go. You'll be in the country then. You'll be in Ireland. Yeah, I'll be in Ireland. Yeah, until about mid June, and I'm heading back uh, then mid June. So. I'll get to see a couple of their games, which is which is awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Nice one. Yeah, that'd be quite nice. I mean, chatting to some of the players who are on these deals, the stuff that they talk about that's improved for them, it just it just seems incredibly basic when you think about it. But I guess that's what professionalism kind of offers you. Like just simple things like, you know, Laura Delaney's rehabbing an injury. And, you know, when she got the injury, she wasn't a full-time pro, but now she is. So the amount of time she can spend rehabbing the injury is, is just is so much more now that she has the contract. Um, so it's just things like that that you think are quite basic that all of a sudden they're there. I mean, presumably you had some sort of shift as well when you moved over to Australia and you signed your first contract over there. And I'm wondering if you can remember what what was you for you what was the biggest change um, whenever you went over from from being part time to full time. What was the the biggest thing that you noticed that changed for you? Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. It's it's very big. Um, I suppose just um, the. Just the, the hours, I guess it's it's a pretty basic answer, but just the amount of time that you can spend training. Um, and and like for me over in Australia, we train four times a week, and then obviously during the summer play at the weekends. Whereas, um, like when I was back here, it was kind of fitting everything in around college and, and work hours, and uh, that in itself takes a toll. You know, having to work or go to college or go to the gym before or train after that kind of stuff. You know, they're long days. Um. I guess just being able to commit yourself to to a program and and um, you know immerse all your time in it, it, it can be it's not a surprise that um, you know these countries who have full time contracts are improving so drastically uh, as opposed to to those who don't. So I suppose just yeah, just being able to um, really commit yourself, as I said, and um, the time and, and energy you can, can put into being a professional athlete as opposed to kind of trying to work and have a life and then be a professional athlete outside of that. Um, 
is is the main thing how long have you got on your current deal it was a two-year deal you signed recently wasn't it so are you what halfway through that uh yes yeah, so i've got another two years with victoria after this another two years uh, sorry this. two years yeah, yeah yeah okay nice one and i mean you look back at it and i know i know cricket ireland didn't go anywhere near you because you when they did these deals because because uh, you had that contract but in theory if you ever you know you look at some of the other players who have who've gone abroad and and if you if you ever did make the decision to come home does the fact that those contracts now exist in theory make that easier to do or do you not even think about that at this point um probably haven't given it a lot of thought i guess um at the moment i guess having gone through that you know initial two and a half year three year period where i was trying to become a local and now that i'm finally a local over the last six months um, not coming back home, having done all that through the COVID isn't probably something I've given a whole heap of thought to, but um, absolutely, look, in a couple of years' time, if, you know, I'm back home or I choose to move back home um, and manage to, to make my way back into the system, then absolutely it would be, um, it does obviously make things a little bit easier. But um, as I said, at the moment, having just kind of gone through that qualification process, which was quite difficult through COVID, um, it isn't something I've thought a whole lot about. Yeah, of course. You mentioned it there. I mean, I'm presuming you were out there for, for all of COVID. So what how long is that how long had it been since you'd gotten home then? Yeah, so it's been like just under two and a half years since I Okay, wow. Since yeah. I got home. So I got home two weeks ago and um yeah, that was the first time in about two and a half years, which is it was crazy. But um yeah, I suppose it's kind of weird how it all worked out. I was due to fly home and then I suppose everyone has their own story due to fly home, but flight was then cancelled and then same day I found out I had a contract with Cricket Victoria. Um and then the borders closed and I was like big decision as to whether I'd come or go, I suppose. But chose to stay. Um luckily enough, considering Australia closed their borders for about 18 months. But um yeah, yeah, it was it was a crazy couple of years, that's for sure, looking back on it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Part Timer. You can follow me on Twitter at Nathan or Johns to keep up to date with my writing in Irish cricket and of course this podcast series. Please, please, please do get in touch with me on Twitter if you have any questions, suggestions for the show or just names of people that you'd like to hear from. And of course, make sure you share with your cricket families, cricket friends and beyond. South Africa's Shabin Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabin Mishmael in the lead up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabin Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabin Mishmael in the lead up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabin Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabin Mishmael in the lead up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabin Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabin Mishmael in the lead up to her side series against Ireland.
South Africa's Shabin Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmel in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmel in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmel in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmel in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmel in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmel in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmel in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmel in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmel may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, 
including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Ishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Ishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, 
But is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is 
defeat Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows? But in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland. South Africa's Shabnam Mishmael may well be the fastest bowler in the world, but is she also the only player who irons her playing shirt the night before a game? Who knows, but in trying to find out what makes South Africa's most dangerous bowling option in terms of raw pace tick, I definitely got more than I bargained for, including a Zoom hotel room tour, when I got an insight into the fascinating character that is Shabnam Mishmael in the lead-up to her side series against Ireland.